0: Okay, Today, we're going to cover a sicha, a talk from the Rebbe that was published in Likutei Sichos, Volume 15. And it's the third sicha of this week's Parsha, Parsha Vayigash. The Rebbe takes us on a fascinating journey where we actually get to appreciate nuances and exactness When it comes to quoting verses of the Torah, you know, people always like to do these, you know, Bible, you know, throwing verses from the Torah from all over the place. The real way to understand something, as we'll appreciate today, is when you take apart a word or a choice of word. And even when it's a word that's very similar or the same, but brought down in different contexts, You get to see how to learn and how it works with learning Torah. So when a person says, ah, I know how to interpret a verse, you really have to have a whole big picture to really know how to interpret something nicely and easily. And you see a lesson, a takeaways as well from talking about a verse. So we'll become very familiar with a certain word and we'll get to see how it's used and when it's used and when it's not used and so on. In the end of today's parsha, the Torah tells us how Yosef, when he became the second in command right under Pharaoh, and he was responsible of the storehouses of food to make sure that everybody had food to sustain themselves for the seven years of hunger. And we all know that during the seven years of plenty, Yosef commanded that everybody should fill up the storehouses with their seeds and so on. And that'll be enough to survive during the seven years of hunger that will follow. So what happened is when the hunger started and people started coming to Yosef with their money and they said, okay, you're in charge of all the storehouses. Here's some kesef, some gelt, and let us buy. Eventually, How many months can you use up your money to buy? You're not making new produce. It's a hunger time. So they ran out of money. So they came to Yosef and they said, No, we need food. Yosef said, If you don't have money, why don't you bring me your cattle? Bring me your animals. And they started to bring their cattle. So Yosef and the country of Egypt becomes mightily wealthy with all the cattle because they now own people's cattle. People bring their cattle, and in exchange, he gives them seeds to be able to grow and make for bread. And the verse states like this: "Va'yitin lehem Yosef lechem basusim." He gives them. Yosef gives them bread. Or the materials for bread in exchange for their horses and all their etc. meaning their other cattle. And he leads them, he takes care of them. Balachem with the bread. Bechol with all for all their cattle. in that year. That's the verse. Rashi stops on this verse and he tells us that the word that he leads them with bread, what does it mean he leads them with bread? What's the vayinahalim? He runs the show, he runs them with bread, he leads them with bread. So Rashi says like this, the word vayinahalim, which means like hanhala, it means something of running something, he runs the show with them, is Like Kama'i, like the word Vayinahagim, like Hanhaga, the word of conducting. He was conducting them, you know, running the show of their bread supply and amounts that they're going to get and how much and when and everything for that year. So the word that he led them is like the word that he conducts them, Vayinahagim. Says Rashi, this word that it's like he conducts them, he, he, he runs them, he takes them, he, he rules them, is very similar. Vidaimalai, it's like another verse in the book of Yeshaya. The verse that says, Ein menahel la. When Yeshaya speaks about Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, of the times of devastation, and he says that now it's a time that you are not running them, you're not conducting them, you're not leading them because it was a time of the destruction of Yerushalayim so you're not leading them so he says the word here that he led them about the bread is similar to the words where we have the similar word in the books of the prophets in Yeshia where it says you're not leading them so, the word leading them or conducting them is the same similar word. Here it says, Vayinahalem. Over there it says, Minahal. Same root words. Then Rashi says, there's another verse that we have the similar word. There's a verse that says, Almei Minuchos Yinahalaini. This is a very famous verse that comes from one of the most well known chapters in the book of the Tehillim. It says that it was a a psalm of David about God being our shepherd, making that we shouldn't be uh, void of anything. And over there he says that on the water banks of calm waters, you lead us. You lead us by the calm waters. It's actually very interesting. A few weeks ago, somebody called me from the States, that uh, a shliach, that he has a friend of his from his community that's friends with another lady who was a Holocaust survivor. She has no family. She's being buried in Toronto. A whole long story. He needed a rabbi to go there, to fish it, make sure it should run smooth. Anyway, so I ended up going there and I figured for this woman, a special history she had, a Holocaust survivor. So I said, I would like to say chapter 23, And in English. So this lady had a few nieces there. My guess is they're in their 40s. And they all said, Rabbi, Rabbi. Chapter 23, we know it by heart. And they sing the English translation so beautifully of chapter 23. I I told them. I never heard that before. But these are the words that come from there. That Hashem, he, he, He shepherds us. He takes care of us on the calm waters. So again, the word yinahaleni, the word yinahel, which is the same root of our word here, that he conducts them, he leads them with about the bread. So too there you have the word leading them, that Hashem leads you or leads us on the calm waters. So again, the word yinahaleni again is used again with the theme of leading the people. So that's Rashi's proof that when the word is used in our verse, that Yosef gives them bread in exchange for horses, etc. And he leads them with the bread for the whole year. So this is what it means leading them, that he takes care of them. He makes sure it should all go good. So simply learnt, Rashi's coming to tell us the Translation. What does the word vayinale mean? It means to say that he's leading it. Leading. Because since Rashi understands that this word is not so commonly used throughout the Torah, therefore he comes to explain to us what the word means. And he brings two proofs to this point that the word means Leading. One from Yeshaya that it's close to the word. It's like the word that Jerusalem, you're not leading us, leading. And one in the words that you're leading us by the calm waters. Says the Rebbe, the Rebbe says we have five questions on Rashi here. Number one, you're coming to tell me that the word Vayinale means that he led he led the people. We already have that word earlier on in the Torah, Parsha b'shalach. Over there, in the story, when Jacob meets Esav after he comes back from his beautiful father-in-law, working for his father-in-law, he comes back and he meets his brother and his brother makes friends and says, ah, we're such good friends and brothers, let's live together, let's go settle down together. is a little bit afraid who he's taking a walk with here. You know, Esav <laughs> He was the guy that wanted to kill him at one point. You're not so sure how, how great of a walk you want to make. So he tells his brother Asa, why don't you go ahead? He says, I have wives, a couple, four wives. I have a bunch of kids. I have so much cattle. It's going to be very difficult for me to rush. Why don't you go ahead and settle down? And one day we'll meet up. We all know we're waiting for that day with Mashiach, you know. So he says, I'll meet you, you know. So he uses the word Es lati, which means I will lead my whatever I have to lead slowly but over there on the word leading Rashi doesn't say anything that the word means leading so whoever says what's going on over here in Hebrew we call it what's going on if we don't know what the word means and I need Rashi's interpretation to tell me what the word means then you should have explained me what the word means Many parshas ago, when mentioned the word the first time, when Jacob tells it to his brother Esau. If you tell me that we don't know what the word means, and therefore you have to come explain to me what it means, then he should have said it the first time. In other words, if the five-year-old kid, which Rashi says he talks to the five-year-old kid, so if the five-year-old kid knows the translation So I don't need to have the translation. If he doesn't know the translation, then he should have said it to me the first time. So what's Rashi telling me here this word? Second question is, why does Rashi have to bring two verses as proofs from Yishayah and from the Tehillim? The third question is, why does Rashi have to bring a proof from Yishayah from this word that Jerusalem is not leading or Hashem is not leading us during that time He should have brought it from an earlier verse in Yeshaya itself. Over there it says that on Mabueyam Yenalim, which is an earlier verse, a couple chapters before this chapter where he quotes that verse, where also you have the word Yenalim, that on the streams of water he leads us. Especially that the word when it's in the verse earlier in Yeshaya, where it says that on the streams of water he leads us, it's literally the same word. You're not to our verse. It's the same, not just the same root word. It's actually the same word. And second of all, in the verse that says on the streams of water, you lead us is a positive way of talking. In the other verse where it says you don't lead us is negative. You don't. Wouldn't you want to choose a, a verse that has positive wording than negative wording? Or like do's than don'ts is better. That's a third question. The fourth question is since with the word waynah game. Rashi said it's like the word waynah game that you're conducting them and he said that that means the word waynah leading means conducting. Rashi should have said not it's that not that it's like conducting. He should have said it is conducting. Why did he have to say it's like that word? He should have said it is that. That's the word. And the fifth question is why does Rashi say that it's it's like the words of the verse that you're not leading us. Why, why do you say it's like it? Just say it is it. In other words, be more certain that you're copying the translation from another word that's exact the same. So from here we understand that when it says, Rashi brings two verses that you're not leading us to so that verse and the verse that on the calm waters you're leading us means that they're not exactly the way it is in our verse. It's not a hundred percent exact, and let's understand what does this mean. It's not exactly a hundred percent. Why is it not a hundred percent exact? What's what's the not exact perfect that Rashi says that it's like that? So that's what's fascinating here. When you think about the way the sages explain us a word or try to help us understand the translation of a word, if it's not a thousand percent in letters, use of words, and in content, they say it's like that word. They don't actually say it is that word. It makes a difference. Sometimes they say it is the same word. Sometimes we say it's like that word. But that's how precise we have to be when we're trying to really understand the truth of a word. We're not just, you know, blobbling a concept. You have to really get it. Okay, so now he continues like this. Rashi wrote his interpretation in Hebrew. A five-year-old kid that Rashi's talking to Obviously, today, some five-year-old kids could learn Rashi from English or from the way it's translated in so many different translations. But a person that's learning the Rashi from the Hebrew text, obviously, he already knows Hebrew. He knows Lashon HaKodesh. He knows, he understands this language. So here, Rashi says, something's off with the wordings of our verse for a kid that knows Hebrew. Because the verse said he... Joseph leads the people with bread. Now, what does that mean? It's very hard to say those words, literal literal translation. You're leading somebody by bread. What are you holding the bread and dingling it in front of somebody? That's obviously not what he's doing, Joseph. The whole of Egypt, he's not running them with a piece of bread. So what does it mean? He leads them with bread. So you can't say it exactly the right word that he's leading with bread as the word leading. Something's wrong with that use of word. We have to, it must be telling us a little bit, something a little bit more deeper. Otherwise it doesn't fit. I'm leading, he's leading you with bread. The Targum, the first earlier translations of the Chumash says that he, he what does it mean leading? He sustained them, right? He, he gave them food. That's what it means leading them. But the Rebbe says that's very nice a translation of the Targum. But when we, we're talking here, Rashi. Rashi is a literal translation commentary. He's not just giving you ideas, taking it out of the literal. So in the literal context here, when it says he led them, he already said that he gave them, Yosef gave them bread in exchange for the horses and the cattle. So what's the extra words now? And he led them with bread. You already said that he gave them in exchange for their cattle. That's why Rashi has to say that there's something deeper here in the word "leading by bread." Leading has to be something else. It comes from a word vayinah, game, which means more than just leading, like pulling somebody. It means I'm conducting you. I'm I'm running you in a certain way. And he actually says that this, this word vayinah, game, which Rashi says vayinah, lem, is like vayinah, game. So leading is like conducting you know, fitting on, he says, and the brings down in a footnote actually, that Vayena game is only quoted one time in the entire Tanakh. So it is this word, exact word, those letters are only once in the whole Tanakh. It's in the book of Tehillim, chapter 78, verse 52. It says there, Vayena that God, when the Jews were in the desert, when he took us out of Egypt, and we were wandering in the desert for 40 years, Vayinah HaGem, he led us, he conducted us, he led us like a herd in a desert. Therefore, when Rashi says it's like Vayinah HaGem, what he's trying to tell us, that it's the same idea that he led us with bread, is the same idea the way God led, when he led the Egyptians with bread, it's the same idea of the verse where Hashem led the Jews like a herd in a desert. What's the comparison of a herd in a desert? So Rebbe goes on to help us understand this. He says, in the Tehillim, when it says those words, that he led us like a herd in a desert, it means, what does that mean? What's this phrase from King David? That he led us like a herd in a desert. What's he trying to tell you? It doesn't mean just... A, a loose idea that ah oh, he led you it means something very special he It has an unbelievable sign of devotion when you're talking when you're making that comparison of leading like a shepherd who leads his herd in a desert, when a shepherd takes his cattle into a desert and he knows he's going to a place that there's no food that grows in a the desert, there's no water there. That means the shepherd is completely prepared and devoted to all the necessities that are needed for his cattle or for for his herd of animals. Otherwise, he's not really being a devoted shepherd. He wouldn't take them there. He would take them to die there. So if he's taking them to there, it's a sign of his complete level of commitment and devotion. And that's what Hashem, that's what Rashi is pointing out to. That when Hash, the use of word here, that he led them with bread, is showing you like the idea the way Hashem led the Yidden in the desert, like a shepherd who leads his herd or his herd in the desert with complete unbelievable thought through, pre-thought through setup of how you're going to be able to do this in a successful way. And he brings us three examples where we're going to see how Yosef actually prepared the people of Egypt, the place of Egypt, to be able to be sustained for the years to come of hunger. Number one, and we're going to see, this is the similarity, that he took care of us like the way Hashem, the verse in the Tehillah. So it says that as the years when there was plenty and then it came a hunger. When he gave out food in the time of hunger, he didn't just give everybody, oh yeah, yeah, here you go, here's food for the whole year. He calculated how much he would give you in order for the bread to be spread out over the year so you'll have enough when it gets to the end of the year before you have to come back for more and reload and so on. If he would give everybody everything at once, you would gobble it up and you would, be, you would die from hunger. So the first thing is we see that it says that he conducted them with bread for that year, meaning he spread it out in a thought out way that there should be enough for the entire year. Number two, we have another verse that says that Yosef, it said earlier in the Parsha, it said that when Yosef gave the food to his Brothers, his father for his for his father, for his brothers, and the whole household of his father, and to all there he gave enough food of bread in accordance to the youth that were there. so Rashi points out what does it mean that Yosef gave enough food according to the youth, Lafihataf for the young kids he says, Yosef gave them extra food because he calculated that little kids, what do little kids do with food? When you give a kid food, yeah, you feed kids. Half the food goes on the floor or they make it into crumbs, they play with it and it becomes wasteful. So Yosef gave enough, he was so careful in how much he gave that he even gave you enough to sustain yourself that even the lost amount that the kids waste, he calculated to give you enough that to make up for that. So again, you see, this is the second proof that you see that Yosef was very calculated in how he led them. He was such unbelievable devotion. Now we see there's another verse he brings. It says that when Yosef announced the rules to Egypt during the years of plenty of how to collect your produce and put it aside. So he said that he said you should take from your food, you should, you should put it into storehouses and you should take from the fields that are around the city and put it inside the storehouses. So Rashi explains to us what does it mean that you should take from the, the fields and bring it into the storehouses. So Rashi says those extra words, He didn't just say take the food. He said also take from the fields. What does he mean the fields? Yosef said that you should take earth from the fields and put it into the storehouses with the produce because he said that the earth that helps the produce grow in every town, every city actually will help that food be preserved not to become spoiled fast. So he you understand what he did? He took. He said, take earth from your field and when you bring in the fruits, the vegetables, whatever, bring in also some earth from those fields, that will help those fruits and vegetables to, be, to, to stay fresh. And they shouldn't spoil. So from all this, what do you see? You see that Yosef, when he, that he conducted them with bread, meaning he had it very thought through, like the verse that says that Hashem... Conducted us as a herd in a desert with complete devotion, with complete thinking it through the whole process that it should be successful. Now, since this translation of Ayel Nahalem is not like leading in just like in in the simple translation of the word, word. That's why Rashi has to bring more proofs that it's not just a simple meaning he led them. There's more depth to this. So you have to find other verses that leading does not mean just in the literal sense, but it's a general concept of leading. It's a a method in leading. It's a general way of doing something. And therefore, Rashi says, similar to this is like the verse of Yerushalayim is not leading. Over there also, not leading, it doesn't mean in a physical sense, he's not leading you with a rope. It doesn't mean that, right? Obviously, it's a general concept. You're not leading the people because that's talking about the general relationship with the Jewish people. So it's a general concept. So that's why he uses that verse to bring his proof because here when it says Joseph led them with bread, it means a general Concept not specific to the bread, but a general way of helping people to be sustained for the neph of the year. That's why Rashi doesn't bring down the earlier verse that we asked earlier from Yeshaya. Why didn't he bring down the earlier verse? It also has the word conducting. He says, "By the stream of water, you conduct." Because over there, it comes in a continuation to the words that says that he had with mercy he leads them. So that's talking about something specific. Since it says with mercy he leads them, he doesn't translate that to mean anything specific. That means it could be a general idea. In order, he had mercy on them that they shouldn't starve and be hungry and thirsty and so on. Therefore, Rashi, uh, the Rebbe brings down another verse, by the way, in Parsha B'Shalach that he didn't say earlier. He didn't ask this in the questions. But he says in Parsha B'Shalach, we have the famous song of the Az Yasher that the Jews sang when they came across the splitting of the sea. One of the third words that we say over there is, Ne-hal-ta You let us, or you lead us with your strength to the place of the temple, that the, the, your holy place. So again, he doesn't bring down that verse because that verse is so specific it's leading to the temple so it's something specific and so to all the other places in the Tanakh where the word nihil of leading doesn't mean a general thing but it means something specific we're not bringing down those verses because here we're talking about something in general if so now he goes one step back he says one second if you're looking for verses that does not mean specific on a specific item, I led you to this well water. I took you to. I, I led you to uh, uh, to the temple in the Shecha. So, what was why the Rashi could have just want one proof from the from the proof that says Yerushalayim is not leading. Ain't Menahelah. He says that's also not a perfect comparison to us, even though it's not a specific; it's general. It's true, but nevertheless, it's talking about the specific needs of the people that they need. We need. Israel, you need your Yerushalayim to lead us. So therefore, since it's not perfect comparison to us, to our verse here where Yosef leads us with the bread, which is also a general thing, but it's also specific. He led us with food that sati- satiates us, with lechem, with the bread. Therefore, Rashi says, in order to give you a better verse, or another verse to give more strength to, specific, to more general, he brings the verse from the Tehillim, that on the, wor- the waters of tr- tranquil, calm waters, you lead us. So this has a broader meaning. It doesn't mean just on the water, which also means specific, but it also has a general connotation that it means that he, he leads us in general, also in specific. How do we know that the verse that he leads us or lead me on the tranquil waters is also general? Because the beginning of that chapter 23, it says that Hashem is my shepherd who makes sure that I should lack nothing. So that's a general term. That's not one specific thing. I'm not saying you shouldn't lack something. something. You should lack nothing means it meaning everything. And that verse continues, be nice. He makes me lie down in green Pastures, that's also general. So it's it's general and specific mixed together. It's your general needs and also specific to food and drink, which is the basic necessities of the sustenance of a person. That's why Rashi brings down these two verse, two points. And so to summarize the two points is that through bringing two verses First, he brings the verse, the one word by Inai game, which is like from the word in the Tehillim, that he conducts us, he leads us like somebody devoted to their herd in a desert. So too, Yosef had it thought through to be able to make enough for the Egyptians for the whole year. And this has not just a connection to the general, but also to specific. And that's why he brings out only those verses like Ein that you're not leading us is a general, but also it brings down on the tranquil waters. You, uh, you lead us there because it's not just water as specific, same to like in our verse, not just bread as specific. It's sustenance, the general sustenance of the eating and drinking. Now, now the Rebbe goes into our favorite parts always, is the Yena Shel Torah. The, the wine of the Torah. Rashi, he brought down many times that in the Rashi, there's also the wine, meaning the depth, the secrets, the deeper meanings of the Torah. So in the deeper meanings and the wine parts of the Torah, he says the following. On the verse that says, on this verse, that we said, that Yosef gathered all the, the money, the kesef, the silver, the silver, That was in Egypt, and Yosef took the money, the kesef, the silver, and brought it to the house of Pharaoh. The Alter Rebbe explains in his book, the Torah which is his parsha commentary. Over there, he says that this idea of kesef, kesef, the kind of money called kesef or snowing as silver, refers to yearning. Kesef is is. There's a verse in the Tehillim where King David says, my soul is yearning, the same word of Kesef. So Kesef means, in the deeper meaning, the wine of it, the deeper meaning of it, you know, when you drink wine, the secrets come out. So that means the wine helps the secrets, it's the secrets of the Rashi, of the Torah. So in the word Kesef, that Yosef gathered together all the Kesef in Egypt, mean this refers to the love to Hashem now in the love to Hashem there's two kinds of love that we can have to Hashem two categories two kinds of styles number one is a love to Hashem that gets created when you think a lot about Hashem when you think about the greatness of Hashem you start falling in love with Him the more you think about His greatness the more in love you are with Hashem the more ava La Hashem, you have the second kind of Ava is not an Ava that you have to create from scratch. There is a Ava, a love hidden in every single Jew. It's an inheritance that we got that we're born with, It's in the nature of every Jew because you have a godly soul and you got this from Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and their wives. That's where we got it from. That, that's why we call them our forefathers and mothers. We inherited something from them. Otherwise, why do you use that term, father, mother? Father, and mother means you inherited something from them. You inherited this deep, hidden, concealed love inside you. Now, the problem is that the love is concealed. It's hidden. So through thinking about Hashem, you awaken what's already there. You reveal the love that's there. The first category of love is you have to create the love but totally doesn't exist. So by thinking about the greatness of Hashem, you created now a love. The second level is, you have the love, but you got to awake it, reveal it. How do you do that? Through thinking about Hashem. The difference between these two kinds of love is similar to the two kinds of way of getting out fruit, produce from the ground. One kind is taking seeds and you plant it in the ground and you're now... Getting something to grow. The second kind is, it's knowing. It's like the the the, you ever go sometimes to forests or fields and with nobody's working the field and things are growing there. How does it happen? Its own nature is that it will grow because there was something else there. Something else fell. Something had a seed, a leaf, a tree, or a, a fruit, whatever. And slowly in the ground things grow. So it's not always that a person goes and plants it. It's there. It's just that if you work the ground you'll get it to be much more neater and more fruitful and so on, so that's similar to the two kinds of love, so too is with these two kinds of love you can either think it through and then you create it or you could think or you could think it through and just reveal to what's there now this planting and revealing of 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 this hidden love that we have to Hashem is by every single Jew, and how do we awake it? through the power given from Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik is called a special kind of righteous man. He, we give him a name, we call him Yosef Tzadik Elyon. He's like this higher level of Tzadik. You know, we, we've, we, one of the main big things we say about Yosef, you have to understand, I mean, this is not the place where he goes into the length, but I just want to bring it up so we could grasp this concept. Yosef was different than all his brothers. Why? Yosef said that the job of a Jew is not to just be a farmer. Live isolated in the fields and you connect to Hashem. Yeah, that's, that's easy. Don't worry about what's going on in the world. Just stay in the farms and just connect to Hashem. That's what his, all his brothers did. Yosef was the only one that lived in Egypt. He lived in the places of surroundings that were you you would normally think it's impossible to survive there but Yosef showed us that if you're a true person and you're well connected you can survive even in that kind of place so Yosef was a special we call him the higher level of a tzaddik he's even called Gnana the Ginsa, he's like the gardener of gardens Because he knew how to bring out the best light anywhere. And Yosef, he goes and he helps bring a light onto all of our souls. That we could now bring out this hidden love that we have inside us. In other words, just like he did it. He kind of becomes an influence on on us that we could do it too. And that's what it means that Yosef gathered together all the kesef. And he brought it to the house of Pyra What does that mean? He took all the chesed, all the kindness. He took all the desires. Yosef brought them and he brought them up what does it mean to the house of Pharaoh? It means he brought them up to the world of sovereignty, of kingdom, which is the world where the souls of the Jews reside. And over there, we could bring out the hidden love of every single Jew. That's what the Rebbe explains there. Now the Rebbe says we could take this same thinking and we could bring it to what Rashi said in our verse. Rashi hinted this whole idea in our verse. Rashi said, what does it mean that Joseph conducted Through bread, he ran the show through bread. As we said till now, he did it through an absolute style of devotion to make sure there should be enough sustenance throughout the years of hunger with the three different methods as we spoke before that he did. And that's what it means that he ran it. He conducted the bread through the bread, Egypt. The difference between the word of Hanhaga and Hanhala Hanhaga means I'm conducting something. Hanhala is usually, by the way, in Hebrew, the word for a principal is called a menahel. This is that, go to the hanhala, go to the principal's office, you know? What's the difference of conducting something or running something, like when you use the word hanhala in the theme of a principal concept? What does that mean? Hanhaga is... In a revealed way. A person who's conducting something and running the show. You know who it is. You could feel a closeness to that person who's leading you. Because conducting in the way of anhaga means he's leading you. Leading also has a close affection away. It's almost like I'm holding you by your hand. I'm pulling you, you know. So when it says hanhala, it is more general. It's a little more aloof. That's not so noticeable that this is the person running it. So what Rashi says that the re, to reveal the hidden love that's hidden by a person that's a little more aloof and you can't see it, you can't feel it, it's a, it feels a little more beyond you, even though it's there hidden in you because every Jew has it hidden in them. This comes down through a leader like Yosef. And comparison to him, like the verb, like the word "ain menala," were used on, on, from the Yerushalayim, not leading you. In comparison to that word, it looks like it's not leading you, but the truth is that Yosef planted the seeds in every single Jew. But since the root of every Jew of the love comes from a very high source of energy, of he calls it like an earlier place of light which is beyond any levels that are really connected to us. So you can't see it in a revealed way. Therefore, Rashi continues and he says, he brings you another verse and he says, just like the verse that says that on the calm waters, on the tranquil waters, I will lead you. So in that verse, we see both points. We see the revelation of this hidden love. It's not just through seeding, But it's like the seeding of tranquil waters. In other words, it's like the ground that gives produce without even you doing any work to it. It's the calm waters. That's what's hinted to in that verse that Hashem leads us by the calm waters, meaning the place that you don't even have to go sugar and toil and work like so crazy. And, and together with this, you have the calmness. Calmness is the idea where there's a strong foundation of Yusod, which is the level of Yosef, who is the higher tzaddik. And this comes down to every one of us in a way that... We could actually comprehend them, to hand it to the level of Bina, of understanding. And that's also the idea of mei which is the idea of understanding. When you understand something, that's when it's calm. And he concludes like this that this revelation if from the hidden love comes through thinking a little bit about it, or a lot about it. Come thinking about it. Like the Dr. Rebbe explained to Torah, that just like it says the words, when you, wine goes in, the secrets come out. The secret is the hidden love and the revelation of this love is through the thinking about it which is called the wine of Torah. So through taking the wine of the Torah, what's the wine of the Torah? Meaning the deeper parts of the Torah, the internal parts of the Torah. Then you get to the secrets come out. Till what level of secrets? Till the secrets that are completely concealed and that comes with the end of with the revelation, as the Mashiach already promised, he gave his word to the Baal Shemtev, that when you have the spreadings of the wellsprings to going into the outskirts of the world, that's when the wells, and what kind of wells are we talking about? The outskirts of your wells, meaning the wells represents and is the meaning of the depth meaning the internal parts of the Torah. So that's the message of this thing here today. So let's just recap the whole thing in 30 seconds. The idea is that Rashi brings down that when it says that Yosef led the people with bread, it's not just any kind of leading, it's leading in the general sense that he hears complete devotion like the words in the Tehillim, by Yenagim Keder, by Midbar, and also in this specific way. And what's the idea of the bread? That's bringing out the secrets of your, our love. That's the idea of Kesef, which represents the hidden Ava that every Jew has to reveal that hidden spark that we have there. And this is a talk that the Rebbe gave in Parsha Yigash in 1976. Maybe if it would be this same partial like then, maybe, then it could be it would be the last few days the last day of nineteen seventy five. But okay, that you know what I mean.